0: Welcome back again to when the dust settles. It it is pouring down with rain so if you can hear a sort of comforting white noise in the background that's exactly what it is. It is pissing down. I hope everyone's indoors listening to this and you're not about to have to get out of the car and go somewhere. Maybe appropriately for today because it's a rather dull day I'm focusing on lighting. It's something that I get a lot of questions about and I was going to do a podcast on kind of lighting in general, but the more I thought about it, the more I realised that actually it's, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of lighting going on in the world of interiors and homes, and a lot of different lighting elements to think about. And when I thought more about it, I think one of the really biggest ones are spots. There's a lot of questions about spots. I get a lot of questions about spots. Everyone's got a lot of opinions on spots. Too many, not enough. Bright light, daylight, your builders will have an opinion. Everyone's going to have an opinion. Your husband that wants to shave will have an opinion. Um, and actually, I've realized there's probably enough to talk about spots alone in one podcast. So, good news is if you've been worrying about how many spots to put in your ceiling, whether there's anything else you need to be thinking about, the answer to that is yes. I'm here to go through it all with you. So, if you're not interested in spots, I'm afraid this this week's not for you. <laughs> but if you are, listen on. I think the first question to really ask yourself in almost every single room, other than possibly your kitchen, is do you really need spots? I'm using them or I'm... I'm Suggesting them to clients, sort of less and less in the more mellow rooms, more mellow rooms being your bedroom, your living room. I think the main places where you definitely do want spots are your kitchen and your bathrooms because they're two rooms that you really do want some good light in, either for prepping or for cleaning or for seeing your face in the morning and working out what to do with it. But there's lots of things from placement of spots to number of spots to warmth of spots to type of light whether that's a cool or a warm etc that you do want to bear in mind so that you don't end up with a situation of your place your light switch being turned on and your room just like hums with light as if there's a sort of alien abduction going on into it or you don't have enough light so I think first off You always want your spots dimmable. I mean, there is no way to kill a mood more than turning on a load of spots. That's how people know it's time to go home. That's how people know the party's finished when you whack up the spots to full capacity. There's no romance in it. So I would see spots purely as necessity light. I think there are a lot of nicer lights, lots of nicer lighting to be focusing on. And I would also put in all of your key lighting before you look at your spots. I've seen it often done the other way around and either the spots throw off your central light fitting or your wall fittings or everything just looks a bit of a jumble if you do it the other way around. So you want your main centre lights, so lights above tables, lights above the island, main pendant light, you want to put that in first on your plans. If you're talking to architects, they're reflected ceiling plans. So it's basically your floor plan, but you're looking at it as if it's your ceiling and that's where you can mark both your ceiling lights and your spots. If you've already got a plan of this, have another little look over it. If you're making a plan of it, that's how you can do it to pass it to your builder. Okay, that was tank farting. That was not me. I don't know if you heard that. Here's the worst. I have so many Zoom calls that I have to apologise for him on. He had a really dicky tummy yesterday. You probably don't want to know that. But Sylvie fed him a chilli bit of pasta. Um, and he's been suffering ever since. Poor Tank. So if you hear anything else, it is not me. I promise. So back to lighting. So and And your wall lights as well, have a little think about. Because... Each spot, the light that comes out of a spot has a radius when it hits the floor that's, um, I think, they they range a little bit. But a general rule is about two, just over two metres in radius. That's when the light hits the floor. So you want these pools of light to cross over to get a nice even light that's what spots are good for an even light and low ceilings they were actually created mostly for basements where the ceilings were too low to have anything hanging and uh, spots were the answer so nice even light that's 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 what their jobs that's what they're here to do Um, but you want to remember that radius that they create when it comes to how close to a wall you put them as well so you want them at least sort of just under like a metre from the edge of the wall. You don't need a spot any closer than a metre from a wall, unless you want to highlight maybe a picture, because that's what it's going to do. It's going to look like a highlighting light rather than putting a lot of that light into the room. Then you want to space those spots out. It's another contentious issue how many spots you put on a ceiling. Often people put too many, and... uh, I mean firstly spots aren't attractive I don't care whether they're in silver whether they're in white the white always goes discoloured or they're in gold whatever the the best spot you can get is a spot that you can't really see so frankly the ones that you can get now that you plaster in so you see no frame the frameless plaster in spots they are the best go and look for those ones I think it's someone called Astra that um, that's where you can find them you can find them in a few places and actually your builder should be able to supply them to be honest they should know what they are if you want a spot that you don't really notice so how many spots on a ceiling and how to space them out the the general range is that people say between one and a half meters to two meters so one spot every one and a half to two meters i would say always go on the two meter side maybe even then some if you can As I say, they shouldn't, you don't really want them to be your main lighting. You want to have some lovely central ceiling light feature. You've also got, let's take in the kitchen, for example, you've got your lighting from your under cabinets, and we'll go into that a little bit later. You've got your other task lighting. You've potentially got your lighting of the table. You've potentially got side lighting uh, in the form of sconces and stuff like that. You don't need a shitload of extra spots unless you're planning to maybe do surgery on your kitchen table. I don't know. I don't know what the cooking situation is, but only in that situation do you want to go crazy on the spots. Um, It's really jarring as well in the morning. And that's the other thing to remember. I can't remember whether I've already said it or not. Get them on a dimmer. I have said that, haven't I? Well, it's worth repeating. And then in a bathroom, you're going to have your lights um, in front of the sink, most likely or a light from a mirror, sort of backlit mirror, or lights in your mirror, possibly even some under lighting. But really, yeah, it is worth having spots in the bathroom 100%. But again, you don't need loads of them. So the main first lesson, essentially, is not too many. You're going for spots, not too many. Space them out, sort of every two metres, and at least a metre away from each wall on the edges. Then, oh, and also, if you um are doing an older house maybe a victorian house if you're renovating sometimes there's not that much space to get spots in they do do some low profile spots now so have a little shop around if your builder says there's not enough space just double check because they might be going for an easy life also it's worth noting again for renovations older properties if your ceiling is something called lath and plaster Walls can be lath and plaster as well. It's basically an old method of building before they had things like plasterboard. They would get sort of slithers of wood and they would tack these across to joists, making kind of like a lattice situation. Kind of trying to think of the best way to explain it. And on that, they would daub like plaster. Sometimes it can be called wattle and daub, but wattle and daub is a little bit of an earlier version of that either way that's been around for a long time if that's what you've got and often by this point it's having a bit of a hard time that's why you see ceilings sort of with bows in them or cracks coming across them it's normally because that lath and plaster has started to sort of move and give way a little bit it's not holding that firm and what happens with that when you start making holes in it to put spots in is that it can just come down completely. It's a very messy job to take down. It can be done. Some builders really don't like doing it. It's not actually the biggest job in the world to take that down and put up a new ceiling. It's just a mess and it's a lot to take away in skips and stuff. So you need to check uh, your ceilings if you're thinking about putting spots in retrospectively and just see what that ceiling is doing to make sure you're not going to make a much bigger mess than you need to and maybe maybe you might want to reconsider spots at that point if it is lath and plaster and it's looking a little bit shaky it's probably also worth pointing out at this point in time that generally if you're getting quotes for this or if you're getting a sort of itemized quote or working out how much your innovational build is going to be you can probably allow about 65 to 75 pounds per spot that actually often works out as any electrical point, if you want to work out how much your electric is going to cost you, you can take every plug socket, every spot, every place where a wire comes out of the wall, essentially, to a separate item. You can allow that much per per one, and that'll give you a rough indication. Is it depends where you are in the country, also a little bit on your builders as to as to where they fall in the scale, but generally you can. That's what you can expect. So next is the. Well, there's two things. There's the level of light you want them to put out. And we've sorted that by making sure you have a dimmer. So that's all cool. And then there's the Kelvins, which is the warmth or the coolness. So the higher the Kelvin rating, the colder your light's going to be. And the lower your Kelvin rating, the warmer your light's going to be. A general rule to stick to is to stick between the sort of 2700 to 3000 Um, Kelvins is a good plan. You're going to look nice in that light. It's going to flatter you. It's not going to sort of punch you in the face. And when it comes to the colour of lighting, you've probably heard it referred to in terms of warm light, cool light, daylight, etc. Daylight is not daylight. Just bear that in mind. There's no way to get the sun in your house through a light bulb. Um, That only happens through windows. Daylight light in bulbs is... A complete con. You want a slight warmth. You will find, because a lot of spots are LEDs now, that there's actually a toggle inside. Once it's inside the ceiling, you won't see it, but there is a toggle before you put them in that you can actually adjust that Kelvin value. It's worth noting, though, that that is a certain type of fitting as a whole. So you can get the two types of spot. You can either get a spot where everything's sort of in one piece you're not going to be able to change the bulb in that spot when that bulb goes you're going to have to change the entire spot they say that the bulbs last for 10 years plus i don't know like 10 years isn't that long a time in the in the life of a home so i wouldn't go for those i would make sure that you can change the bulbs in in your spots so the spot itself the casing is one thing and the bulb is another and then every single bulb um then obviously you can choose what what kind of colour bulb you want for that. I mean, mix them up if you really want to go crazy. But you can just make sure you get the light that you want. You can even buy a couple of bulbs, try them out, see what you prefer, because at the end of the day, it is all preference, right? I mean, I say, I say that warm white is the best thing ever, and you may, I don't know, find it, want something a lot warmer. And what's important is that it's what, you like and you feel comfortable with and what feels and looks good to you generally you'll find a 3000 kelvin value is referred to as a warm white but any light bulb or any spot fitting will if you look down in the specifications and descriptions wherever it's listed online it will have the type of light and the kelvin value i've got to apologize for tank again because he is being the noisiest dog can you hear him He's like a truffle pig. He snorts and snuffles and he always decides to do this when I'm trying to record and now he's gonna drink. Great, okay. Right, he's assured me he's done. So I did see some spots the other day that you could actually flick between warm light and cool light but they couldn't dim. So that's an interesting one because something else to think about is that if you've got lots of different light sources in the same room you do want the same temperature throughout otherwise it's going to look a little bit weird if you have well it depends what you're going to have on at the same time. If you feel like you actually do want to create two moods like a daytime to nighttime but you won't have for example your spots on at the same time as your cupboard lighting let's say let's say you've got a kitchen and the the fronts of the doors are glass and you've got lighting in there and that lighting's on sort of almost all the time to create nice ambience highlight your beautiful china etc and that's um, a warm uh, yellowy light and then let's say your uh, island lights are cool white and your um, spots are a cool white that's going to look really odd so Unless you split, split them up into two halves and have sort of half that are uh, that are uh, warmer and half that are cooler, I, I wouldn't mix and match. I mean, really, there's no need to go a lot warmer or a lot cooler. Like if you want to go really warm lights and candles and if you want to go really cool, just don't because you'll look blue. <laughs> blue light doesn't look good on anyone. You don't want to look like you're standing in a fluorescent lit bathroom in an office somewhere. So stick to a mid-warm white, basically, and make sure that all your other colors, I mean, all your other light sources are pretty much the same. And while we're talking about other light sources, let's again use the kitchen as an example. Don't forget your task lighting. So that's your over-island lighting and also your under-cabinet lighting because if your spots are, let's say, a meter away from the wall and then you're standing facing your wall cooking, on your work surface. You're gonna be casting your own shadow onto what you're doing if you don't have any light coming from in front of you, which is really frustrating. It's really annoying. So you really do want lights under your cabinets or under your shelves, whatever you're putting up on the wall there, maybe it's maybe it's wall lighting that that points down because you don't have any cupboard lighting. But the other thing worth saying on under cupboard lighting is don't go for those puck lights. Don't go for anything that you can actually see exactly what's emitting the light get a little channel behind your units and even if your unit doesn't necessarily come with them i'm sure your builder would be able to work it out you can either put it behind your the little what is that even called um the 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 bottom of the frame that comes down at the front you can you can nip the strip light behind there you you can even get them a are battery powered nowadays so you can even do this retrospectively for cheap as chips or ideally have it at the back but slightly up so you don't actually see what's emitting the light but the light the light comes down that's what you want similarly if it's inside cupboards and you do have the light you do have the glass on the front of the cupboards again make sure that strip light's channeled so you don't easily see it alternatively of course if you've got shelves and you're looking for some lighting there you can get some nice wall lighting wall down lighting to act as your task lighting lighting in that situation. And then similarly, if we take bathrooms as an example, so we generally, as a rule, put um wall lights either side of bathroom mirrors or have a bathroom mirror that that has sort of a light coming from the back of it. There's a lot of them at the minute that you can combine the light coming from the back and the shaver socket and this, that, and the other, and it does make life a bit easier. It's not actually the best for putting light on your face because it's sort of coming out from the sides of the mirror rather than an even light. Coming out both sides and actually reflecting onto your face. You don't want stuff that's gonna cause shadows. Shadows aren't helpful in a bathroom when you're looking into a mirror in front of a sink. It's no good for putting makeup on and yeah, you're basically gonna look like you're telling scary stories at a campfire with a torch, which again, isn't that useful. It's not even useful if you're a bloke if you're shaving. You don't want to come out with like half your face shaved, missing bits, half makeup on, God knows. I guess that is your task lighting in your bathroom, you can call it, because you are using it to do a task, i.e. makeup, shaving, whatever else you want to do to your face in front of that mirror. Ideally, you want that mirror near a window because actual daylight is always the best thing to put makeup on to. So if you're in a bathroom planning stage listening to this, do you think about configuring your sink towards the window and not losing that window light with like a toilet or bath or something. You really do want your vanity as close to a window as you can get it. But in the evening, or if you don't have that, you do want those lights either side of your mirror. It's it's just going to make life better. And then if we just briefly... Talk about the rooms that I don't think you do need spots in, being the bedrooms and the living rooms. I mean, when do you really want those rooms to be really bright if you think about what you do in them? okay, maybe if you're reading a book or if you're on your laptop, but then you can have a nice dedicated floor light or table lamp that's sort of... that's owned by the book reading chair, as it were. They they both come together. You can have a lot of things like picture lights wall lights ambient lighting and shelving everything to create a cozy vibe like I don't know a single person that I've ever spoken to that would say to me oh my god the one thing I want to create with my living room is like a non-cozy cold drafty brightly lit vibe like who has ever said that if, if you can in fact I'll give a prize to anyone who's ever who, who actually no no one's ever said that so we can get rid of the spots in the living room and we can go for nice side lighting and if you're saying oh yeah that's well and good but if I have a shitload of lights I can't be asked to put them on all the time it's right pain in the ass well options are you can get smart timed plug sockets for one and you can time them to come on in the evenings or you can just turn them all on at once from your phone if you want to spend some time setting all of that up you can actually get the just the smart bulbs as well now and you can even get smart led bulbs that don't actually need power from the wall i'm yet to look into these i just saw them the other day but you can if you have somewhere that you want to put a lamp that you don't have a plug socket two these might be a game changer you don't need to plug in that lamp you just get this led smart light bulb i'm going to actually look them up find them and link them below because i want to look into these myself and i only just saw them like yesterday uh word of warning i spent some time setting all of that up and then my husband came in unplugged them all and plugged other things in and when they all we plugged back in. They didn't remember any of the settings, and then some of them he turned off because he said he found them annoying. And all of my settings just went. I was so proud of myself. I'd spent ages. They were going to come on if the weather wasn't great. They were going to come on with like the daylight hours at different times of the year when it got dark. So proud of myself. Um, and having a husband obviously bugged all that up. So be careful. Don't spend too much time if someone's going to come along and turn them off. Your other option, if you're at the beginning planning stages, is to put in little 3-amp sockets next to your main sockets. These are a lower ampage than your normal double socket, and they can go right next to your normal double socket. Half time, you're never going to notice them. They are on all the time, and you plug your lamp into that, and then your electrician can wire all of those 3-amp sockets in that room up to your light switch so you can turn all your lamps on with the light switch i mean that just if that doesn't blow your mind i don't know what does don't know what will that's just that's luxury right there and then again in the bedroom who wants spots in their bedroom you're generally either just waking up in the morning and you don't want to be blinded by a load of light or you're going to bed in the evening and you want to create a like more chill vibe so again a bedroom you've got bedside lighting you've got lamp lighting you can get a floor light in there even floor lights in there I, I wouldn't say that you needed spots in a bedroom I mean contact me and tell me if I'm terribly wrong but I don't think I am you know if you want a certain vibe in your room spots don't they don't really come into it I don't think. But back to actually having spots. The other thing to think about is making sure the spots line up from room to room. So let's say you've got spots in your hallway and your hallway runs onto your kitchen or your kitchen is open plan a little bit, maybe partially, I don't know, through a wide double door or um, an arch or something. Wherever you can see that line of vision of spots, Try and make them line up from room to room. You don't want them to look like they're jumping back and forth. You want a bit, of, a, a bit of symmetry to them. Otherwise, they start to look a little bit weird. And you do start to notice them more if they're not sort of as the brain would expect them to be. Also, um, going back quickly onto types of spots, you can get angled spots. So say you did want to use a spot to light up a picture on a wall. Or you might want you might not want an overhead light somewhere, but you might want an area lit up like an alcove or maybe you 've got a sculpture or something um, that you want to focus some light on, but you don't want to have a wall light you can get an angled spotlight and you can angle that nicely onto that onto that area or whatever it is you want to highlight that's quite handy, and I think that actually The sort of whole 25 minutes or so that I've been talking about spots probably does sum up all there is to discuss about spots. If I've missed anything or anyone's had any situations that they're like, oh my God, you've got to think about this as well, please let me know. I knew I could bang on about spots for 20 minutes. If there's anything else you want to challenge me to talk about for 20 minutes when it comes to homes and find as much detail as humanly possible, I'm really open to the challenge. But I think the main takeaways are, don't go crazy on them. Don't use them like sprinkles over your ceiling. You don't need to. Plus, you're going to spend too much money. Think about the Kelvin value, the type of light that they're emitting. You want to go for a warm white. And don't think that you necessarily have to have them in every single room. And then you're going to be fine. Good luck with lighting your ceilings and thinking about the other light in your home. I'll probably do a spin-off, lighting part two at some point, and talk about the other lights in other rooms. So the task lighting, the ambient light, etc, etc. I'm sure I can talk about that for about 20 minutes too. But in the meantime, any lighting questions or anything else that you think that I haven't quite covered or if anything's unclear... You know where to find me because I tell you every single week, but I'm going to tell you again. You can find me on Instagram under LFF Studio, or you can find me on Facebook. There's a lovely group. It's called Ain't Nobody Like a Homebody. There's some lovely members there, and I'm there most days, and I will answer anything that you put up. Uh, Or you can just message me directly. I love to hear from you. And similarly, as I say every single time, you're probably really bored of hearing it by now. If you're still listening, I applaud you and please take the time to give us a little five star review or a written review is even more amazing. It really makes my heart glow. I'm not exaggerating at all. It makes me so happy similarly if you know someone that's planning their lighting at the minute or planning their renovation and could really do with hearing all of this because they're like having a freak out about spots share and share away send it over to them that is like the best the bestest of the best but it's always great to hear your feedback and to hopefully make this podcast better for you and more helpful because that's what it's all about so have a great day and i hope you didn't get stuck in the rain it's actually the sun's come out now so that's kind of nice And I will see you again next week. Have a great weekend. Bye.